it's Angela Yee, and I'm known for my love for travel. My friends in the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to the gorgeous islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. From the amazing food to the warm hospitality, culture, and gorgeous beaches, USVI has everything you want in a destination, and no passport is needed when traveling from the U.S. Visit USVI.com to plan your next trip. I'm headed to Carnival in St. Thomas this May. I can't wait. Hope to see you there. USVI, naturally in a rhythm. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Angela Yee from Way Up with Angela Yee. Imagine swapping your car keys for a chance to move your body, better mental health, connecting with your community, and creating memories without spending money. Join me and embrace nature's pace by taking a walk, hike, or a bike ride with Rails to Trails Conservancy because our time on the trail is so much more than a day outside. Get ideas for getting outside at railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. What's up? It's Angela Yee. And if you know me, you know I have several businesses. Well, one of them had closed down for a little while, but we just reopened it. And that is my juice bar. It's called Nourish Spot BK. And as soon as we reopened, we were really on the clock to find people who can make juices, sandwiches, acai bowls. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way? Way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. Maybe you see the perfect candidate. Well, ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. You can invite your top choices to apply and you can even encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 
One of the most important things is having our voices represent us. And that's why black representation in media means so much to me and also to the black community. When things happen with current events and entertainment and politics, it is so important that we are speaking for ourselves and not have other people place a narrative on us and who we are and to tell those stories from our point of view. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurter to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. What's up? It's Way Up with Angela Yee. And y'all know this is exciting. If you know me, you know how much I love this person I'm about to interview. She is the quote. It is Clarissa Shields. Welcome. I was just talking about your new music. You kind of forgot. You kind of like um, Roy Jones Jr. Remember he would do his own music on his way to the ring? Y'all must have forgot. You know what? That's actually my next walkout because I came up with Cash Dial Mm -hmm. this past Saturday. But I think my next fight... When I defend my titles, I think I want to come out to my own rap. As you should. <laughs> you know how crazy everybody would go? They if, Listen, they're going to go up. But listen, the reason why I'm excited to have you is because I just love everything that you've been doing for the sport of boxing and for women yes. in general, but women in boxing too and the journey that you've been on. You're from Flint, Michigan. Yes. And you just fought. You are the first um, title fighter, the, the first um, headliner at Little Caesars for yes. boxing. Yes. That's a big deal. Yes, 15,000 fans. I sold 12,000 seats. Um, boxing has been big, hasn't been big in, in, in Detroit for years, mm-hmm. and they chose me to bring it back. So the fight fans are still alive and well, uh, well uh, up in Michigan. That was an amazing choice, and it, it looked like you had a good time too. Now, what? I had a great time. The whole week I ran a sprinter. I had my family, <laughs> my friends with me. We was They was going out to eat. We went to a brunch. We went to some clubs. We went to the studio where I made that hit record. With Cash, <laughs> cash Doll. Listen, uh, what made you decide you wanted to do that? Period. Just music. You know, I've always had an ear for music. And mm-hmm. um, I actually can sing, but I feel more comfortable rapping because of my persona, you okay. know, I'm the tough, rough girl, whatever, you know, cute with the big butt, whatever. So it's like <laughs> I, I, I like to, I feel more comfortable rapping. I actually get nervous singing. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait to hear more because I feel like you know this is just the beginning of it. Now let's discuss. Even when I was watching the fight, right? Because I watched this last fight that you had with um, what's her name, Maricela Cornejo. Is that? Yes. I don't want to mispronounce anybody's name. But, yeah, so I was watching that, and I was thinking to myself, the rounds um, for women's boxing is different than men's boxing, right? It's only two minutes. Yep. And it's only 10 rounds as yep. opposed to 12. 12 and three-minute rounds. And so yeah. I, was, I was looking at it, like, because there were certain times when I felt like at the end of the eighth round, I felt like if that would have went a little longer, yep. 
you know, extra minute and all of those rounds because your endurance is amazing. Thank you. But for you, what are your thoughts on rounds for women being only two minutes and then for it to have only 10 rounds as opposed to 12? Well, I just was speaking on this yesterday when I got the Fighter of the Year award that at least give us the championship rounds. If you don't want to give us the minutes because mm -hmm. jumping from fighting 20 minutes to fighting 36 is a huge jump, at least let us fight 12 two-minute rounds to where it's 24 minutes versus the 36. Because why are we fighting 10 rounds? Right. It's a world championship fight. We need to fight 12. But um, I'm also an advocate for them letting us fight three minutes for 12 rounds also mm -hmm. equal to the men. Because how can you ask for equality but you do less work? Right. We don't make the rules to where we have to fight 10 rounds for, for for two minutes. Those rules are made by someone for us. I don't agree with it. Um, I think it should be equal like, uh, like it is for the men. But is it supposed to be a safety issue? Is that what they're saying the reason is? They have said some research that nobody can find. <laughs> right. Really, like nobody can find it. That they did back in the 1990s and 1980s on women said that Women have weaker necks than men, which we knew that because they have bigger bones, and that women get concussions easier than men mm -hmm. or something of that nature. But there is no science behind it. It's right. just really yeah. to me, it's just something men that needs to be restudied rules. and yeah. right. Yeah, because I didn't know where that came from. And I was like, man, we need another, you know, another minute here in this round. No, for sure, because I was rocking her world. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, and let's also talk about just you as an undefeated champion, the GOAT, as we call it. Hold on. Let me make sure I say this right. So you are the only boxing in history, male or female, to capture boxing's four major titles in two different divisions. Yes. Right. So that's a lot of pressure, too, at the same time. Pressure. I think in my song, like, these girls feel compressed. I feel no pressure. <laughs> um, I enjoy my job. I enjoy fighting. You mm -hmm. know, it's, it's crazy as it sounds. I've been getting the compliment a lot. Like, like, oh, you're just too pretty to box. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, whatever. Because I really enjoy fighting. You're too I pretty love, to lose. I'm too pretty to, okay. To lose. That's all. <laughs> I just, I love fighting. Uh -huh. I don't know how to put it. Like, right. people get nervous when they get ready to fight. I get excited. I'm like. This is what I showed up for, mm -hmm. you know, and um, you said that boxing saved your life. Yes. So being from Flint, Michigan, what was that like? And what was your life like before boxing? Um, my life before boxing was trash. I had a terrible childhood, you know, from my mom dealing with uh, her her alcohol abuse from my dad going to prison from, from me being raped at the age of five. You know, I had a, my childhood was not the best. I'm just thankful that um. I had an auntie and a granny who put us in church and let me know that it taught me that God had my back, you know, and I live by, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I, God, have a plans for you, plans to prosper you and give you a great future. And um, even though my life was so bad, we were going without food. I didn't have a bed till I was 17 years old wow. when I won the Olympics. After I won the Olympics, I bought myself a bed. But before then, I didn't have a bed. I didn't have the nice clothes and nice shoes. Um, I, I wasn't fed all the time. But like I said, I just kept the faith and kept and just kept working hard. And um, now I'm the person that take care of my family. And who got you into boxing? My dad. Mm -hmm. You know, actually, I started boxing to make my dad happy, like so he can live some of his life through me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really like something like, oh, I want to box. I didn't know really what boxing was. I asked my dad, what was he passionate about? And he said, boxing. He said, if he wouldn't have went to prison, 
he would have been a great boxing champion. And I thought to myself at that moment, you know what? I'm a box make my dad happy. I didn't know that boxing was for me. Right. You didn't know how it was going to be that lit. Nah. <laughs> like the, the the life that I have now, if you were to tell me this when I was 11 years old, first starting out, I would have been like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember your early, what were your early days like boxing? Because you're only, what are you, 28 years old now? 28, yeah. 28 years. Still so young, right? It's such a young champion. But can you remember your early first matches? I remember every match. Mm-hmm. I remember, I, like, I can watch film and be like, I know what I was thinking right there. Um, I just remember turning pro and getting my first check for $50,000. Wow. That's what I remember. <laughs> and then I remember what telling them. What would the men have gotten when they went pro and got They, ain't, they ain't making $50,000. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. no. Right. And actually, I talked to one of the greats, and he was like, I ain't even make $50,000. So I'm like, I know I can make type of money you make yeah, now. That's right. Just got to work my way up there. But um, <laughs> um, it was with Rock Nation. It was at T-Mobile Arena. The first fights there, we were like maybe the first or second fight there, me and Franchon Cruz. It was Andre Warkovloff one. And I just remember like it being like half a crowd there for our fight mm-hmm. already because I had just won the Olympics twice. But... um. Women don't make fifty thousand. That's unheard of too, right? The Olympic winning the gold medal twice for twice an American. In, yeah, that's women. Yeah, no, no other boxer has done it in history but myself in America. All right, I just want to make sure we keep pointing these things out as, as we bring them <laughs> out. you just be glossing over it. All right, so yeah, so you remember every single one of your matches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about just even because I know we just talked about that fifty thousand dollar check, but even what you get paid as a boxer is different here. In the United States, you feel like there's more respect for women boxers overseas than there is here? Because I remember when you were trying to get a fight lined up, and it felt like a no-brainer. You were in conversations with Showtime, and this is when you did your own, right? You figured you had to do your own thing. Yeah, you had to do your own pay-per-view thing. But I remember watching that all happen and being like, this feels to me like money in the bank. You know, they should have wanted you to do that fight. But what... um, for you, what happened in that situation, right, where that fight couldn't happen and you ended up having to do your own thing? And then do you feel like, looking back, that actually was a positive situation that came out of something negative? Well, the women overseas, I feel like, are, like, treasured more than mm-hmm. what the women here in America are as far as in boxing. And over there in the U.K., every boxing show that's put on have a woman on the undercard. It's not the same here in America. Now... It has two sides to the business with Showtime. First, it was, you know, I fought the main event a couple times. I made a lot of money. Um, I I got the views. Mm-hmm. But there's a step above that, which is pay-per-view. And I wasn't given that opportunity. And a step above that, which is fighting on the undercard of a pay-per-view fighter to get more fans. Okay. Which is fighting under Deontay Wilder, Earl Spence, Pacquiao, right. Javante Davis, those guys. And I also wasn't given that opportunity. So um, they always wanted me to have my own, be my own main event, which wasn't a bad thing, mm-hmm. but it was like, I need to be bigger. Right. You know, And so getting some of their fans by fighting, right, okay. Under them makes me, people can see me fight right, right, right before them and be like, whoa, that girl fights like a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, she's very skillful and we want to see more of her. But with not being, with, with not giving those opportunities, I was waiting on Showtime, and they gave me a few different dates. And I was saying, okay, okay, okay. And then, like, the date kept getting pushed back and kept getting pushed back. So 
I did the pay-per-view on my own in Flint because I was off boxing for 13 months. Right. So it's like, that's not, I don't know. No, no, no. I'm not going to put myself on the shelf when there's girls to fight. I took a major pay cut to, to do that pay-per-view fight. Um, fight TV put the fight on for pay-per-view, for pay-per-view to buy it. Mm-hmm. But it still was like it was a no-brainer that maybe ESPN, Showtime, Premier Boxing Champion should have took the fight on and, yeah. and, you know, threw it. But I think back then at the time we weren't, you know – valued enough now i feel like we're like we're valued more but i also had to go outside the country and beat these girls down right. to make my value go up you now kinda, they yeah. now they see that i'm a draw i have fans um i'm, I'm a household name now mm-hmm. and maybe now things will change but always thankful for showtime having me be the first woman to fight on premium cable having so many fights with them them backing me them paying me them hearing my needs and everything but i fought on the Zone, Showtime, HBO, ESPN. I fought on all the networks. Are you still with the Zone? I just had my last fight with the Zone, but right now I'm, I'm I'm really a free agent when it comes to the networks. I'm not, okay, y'all I'm hear not that? To them. <laughs> yeah, free agent. You know, now, Al Heyman, <laughs> call me. So what's next? Because I don't know who Clarissa Shields can even fight. Like who who are you gonna fight next? Who have you not beat? It's not like you're running from anybody. No. Nah. But who can you possibly fight next? Because you did just win. You know. Every single round. Yeah. Really. Every, every single round. I mean. It was no question. I have to say, you know, it has Franchine Cruz versus Savannah Marshall coming up J- July first on the zone. And Savannah Marshall wants to fight sport. you again. Yeah, she wanna get beat up again. That's what she say. <laughs> um I'm open to fighting the winner of that at 168 for the Undisputed Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, it got girls at 154 who got belts. I can make 154 and go and fight them. Um, Is it easier for you to go up or down and wait when you fight? Ooh, up. Going down is a challenge, but I like challenging myself. But always having to diet and not eat your favorite foods for mm-hmm. weeks at a time <laughs> is always hard. It's never going to be easy. Rather, you have to lose two pounds or 20. It's never easy. <laughs> so do you know when you when your next fight, do you have like a date already in mind? Because I know you don't like to wait too long. Everybody wants me to get back in there like, <laughs> all my fans are like, when are you going to fight again? We're ready. Because you don't like to wait. You know, No, I don't. I would like to fight three, four times a year, to be honest with you. But um, I think maybe... September, October, mm-hmm. November, the latest, before Thanksgiving, you guys. Don't book me after Thanksgiving. <laughs> what means more to you, fighting like at Little Caesars Arena or going to Vegas? They they both mean a lot. But to be the first person to fight main event at Little Caesars Arena up in Detroit was huge for me. It did so much for the Michigan area. Mm-hmm. I was able to bring out a 1,000 kids, the Night of a Thousand Stars initiative, and just inspire so many kids and have my family family and my friends there um i have to say right now little caesars was actually i feel like that's my feel like that's my home yeah so i would definitely fight there again and i believe that we did twelve thousand seats this time next time we'll do 15 i'm gonna be there and then 18 (laughs) so i'm just but i would love to fight at t-mobile arena the main event in front of twenty five thousand. i would definitely love to do that Mm-hmm. You feel like that's coming though. Yeah, it's all coming. I'm going to fight at T-Mobile Arena. I'm going to fight in Africa. <laughs> um, I'm going to go back over to the UK and smash up some of those girls again. Like, I want to fight in Dubai. You know, like, wow. it, it's so money. many options that I have. We just got to, you know. What do you think when you see Floyd doing these Zeus fights? 
I'll actually be going to his fight on Sunday. <laughs> I love Floyd Mayweather, I man. I love. I'm like, what? Is- this guy is just. First of all, he's people. He's so humble, man. He's so nice. <laughs> he just. He's so. He so respectful, at least toward me, and he always showed me like so much, so much love, and just. I want to be. I want my life to be just like his. Like, mm-hmm. if when you're around Floyd, you like like you see the entourage, but it's like that's a hand-picked entourage. Mm-hmm. Only people that he love and who he cherish can be around him. Everything go how he wanted to go. Everybody follow him and do what he <laughs> want to do. Like he's like the super boss. And I just love that somebody actually makes their life their own. Right. I feel like sometimes us as celebrities. Hey, it's Angela Yee from Way Up with Angela Yee. Imagine swapping your car keys for a chance to move your body, better mental health, connecting with your community, and creating memories without spending money. Join me and embrace nature's pace by taking a walk, hike, or a bike ride with Rails to Trails Conservancy because our time on the trail is so much more than a day outside. Get ideas for getting outside at reelstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. ...and us as being big sisters or whatever, we always find ourselves living for other people. And I'm just now starting to live for myself, yeah. you know, and I've, I've always taken care of everybody else. I put boyfriends before I put myself, you know, friends before I put myself, kids, sister, kids, family. Now I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, look, I'm putting me first. And that to me has been the hardest thing to do. But now that I've done it, I'm like, I'm never going back to putting somebody else before me again. I don't care if it's boyfriend, girlfriend, kids, fiance. I don't have no fiance. <gasps> When but, did that happen? Girl, 
Girl, we on we on TV. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. Cause yes. I remember the posts. Mm-hmm. All right, so that ended. When did that end? A few months ago. Okay. Yeah, we just like know. we just recently really really called it off. Recently, I just relationships are hard, and I just know like I feel like when you have a relationship with God, He lets you know like He He, he tells you you're gonna, you're gonna have abundant happiness mm-hmm. so you know when you find yourself in a relationship and you're not happy and you know i'm not per- a person to complain and do all the crying like if i if i tell you something once or twice yeah let's work on it let's fix it yeah let's just fix it because i don't like to kind of harp over the same thing and right. it just seem like you know i can't change him i i don't want to change him mm-hmm. he's a great guy so i don't want to change him um I, i'm just probably not not the one for, right. for him. Yeah, I find that's true in relationships and in work yeah. and anything that you do. If I'm not happy with something and I put it out there and it, things don't change and I don't become, you know, happy, then it's time to say maybe this just isn't it. Yeah, me. and you know what? And, and and it doesn't mean that you have to pretend that the person died and not talk to him. I feel like that's just so childish. Yeah. People be like, oh, we broke oh, we broke up. We spent all these years together, but now you don't exist to me. It's like I feel like. That's maybe needed for healing for a short time, but to, right. but to be like that for the rest of our lives and we just spent two, three years together. Yeah, the best thing is when y'all can still be friends, but I will say immediately after, you can't keep acting like you're still in a relationship because then yep. you get back comfortable again. Yeah, and that's why I just, like, I've just decided that I, it's not that I, it's not anybody else. It's just that I don't, I don't think I need to be in a relationship. I'm still trying to grow. And into, that's your decision for yourself. Yeah, to who I am. And I'm really not... I'm not on that type of time. Like I got a, I'm number one in the world. I have a great career. I have mm-hmm. so much more to do, and to make everything that I want to do easier, I have to be happy. I have to be abundantly happy. So I'm not happy. I just nothing works. Everything just seems harder if I'm stressed out. What are some of the things that you do when you're getting ready to fight? Like in preparation, right before you get in the ring, what are some of the thoughts that go on in your head for you to be like, okay, you know, I got to clear my head, or do you? Uh, do you have to, like, foresee what's going to happen at the end of the fight? Like, what's your routine? You know, I take one day at a time. So first thing first is when I first start camp is putting that no sex thing down. Mm. You know, I go six your weeks. Your knees get weak. No sex. <laughs> and that's one of the decisions. Like, well, like the day before, you're like, hey, you know, you ready? All right. You got to go all out. No oral sex? No nothing. nothing. Okay. Don't don't touch me. <laughs> don't touch no me. kissing? Okay. No, I'll, I'll kiss or whatever, but, like, Anything, you know, oral sex, real sex, anything. But like, you can cuddle, you can do all that. I don't even do that. Oh, because that might lead to... <laughs> yeah, you know, see, you know what I'm talking I know, about. I know. <laughs> um, I'm even like, look, you sleep with your feet down there, I sleep with my feet up here. Or you sleep on the couch, I'm on the bed. You know, I try to keep it like, because I'm, I'm, I'm transforming to this beast. So that requires like, like sex make you feel relaxed and all right. time and stuff. Go it's to like, sleep. You don't want to be relaxed and you got a pit bull on your ass. You got to be angry. trying to knock you out. You want to be relaxed. No, I want to be alert. So that's the first thing. And then just the diet, you know, cutting off all your favorite food, all your favorite candy. Mm-hmm. For me, it's candy. Me that, too. That, that does it. I love. Yeah. I definitely am addicted to sugar. They used to call me Candy Angie growing up. Okay, that's a cute nickname. Yeah, but it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so cutting that off and then just getting in the routine of, okay, I train three times a day for two days and then mm-hmm. I do one day. Then, then then I train one time a day. So okay. three times, three times, then once. Three times, three times, then once. And you just keep doing that all throughout camp, keeping that same schedule, eating super healthy. Mm-hmm. I have a, 
alarms all in my phone reminding me keep drinking water um super focused i got a alarm saying hey it's time to it's time to get ready for bed cut your phone off mm-hmm. like i have so many different things and i also too just spend so much time with god i feel like every time i go into camp and then i come out of camp i'm a totally different person right i just feel like that alone time with me and my dog and just training i just really get to everything's about me and then everything's about God. I get to talk with him all throughout the day, pray with him. And it just seemed like, um, he just, he just sent me signs and he sent me messages and stuff. And, you know, and then it's like, okay, this is the guidance I was asking for. And I would have seen it had I, in my real life, mm-hmm. not my training camp, but in my real life had been able to have this time with him. So right. I really enjoy my training camp. It's peaceful. And then I have the fight and then I feel like my life get right back chaotic again. But after this fight, I decided I don't I don't want my life to be back, you know, chaotic. I wanted to stay how it is when I'm in camp. And that has been a struggle in itself because it seems like we all just go back to the same routines. Right. And it's like, you know what? I'm gonna change up those routines because I don't wanna go back to being stressed out and angry and not being able to have a connection with God as much as I have now in my real life. Like I wanna keep that. All right. So this is something new for you. Too. It's new. Yeah. That's great. And I remember talking to Floyd Mayweather once and he was telling me that, um, you know, leading up to a fight, you do have to talk crazy. You have to put on a show. You have to be interesting. You have to mm-hmm. sell tickets. You know, for you, is that how you really are? Or do you feel like sometimes you got to just put on this show that takes you a little bit out of character? No, nah, that's me. <laughs> that's me. I can't help but be nobody else. Listen, I'm from Flint. We trash talk. <laughs> We fight, we back it up. First thing first, we allow everyone to trash talk, mm-hmm. right? But once you don't back it up, we gonna tell you, hey, shut up. <laughs> Be quiet. We don't That's rock right. like that. So Flint <laughs> and even myself, I have a thing where it's like, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk my stuff, but long as I back it up, I can continue to talk my stuff. Right. So I don't just trash talk just for no reason. It's like I, I like I really feel like I'm finna go out there and dog these girls. Now what about when do, do they ever get under your skin when they talk crazy about you? Maybe Savannah Marshall? Let me see. What does Savannah Marshall say that may have, you know, tickled my feather? <laughs> mm, everything she said was funny. Okay. It was just the fact that I think one thing that grinded my gears was she kept saying that she beat me in an yes. amateurs. And it was like, no, you didn't. She does always say that. That's no, you didn't. I'm just so mad. I'm and like, every time I read, be like, the only person that's ever beat her in the amateurs is Savannah. All Marshall. they do is speak about like who mentions the amateur. I was 77 <laughs> wins and one loss in the amateurs, and we talking about this? Like, come on now, we talking about practice, man. <laughs> Stop. But that's why I was like, that's the only thing she would say. But then it was like, the other thing that was more nerve wracking was. No one had ever seen the fight. Right. The fight was never online. And then, right before we fought, Sky Sports put the fight out. Ah, damn. And up on YouTube, and everybody was like, yo, Clarissa was not lying. She really beat Savannah Marshall. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I'm like, I told y'all, quit playing. (laughs) Quit playing with me. Stop. Don't play with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let me ask you this. So, did you watch the Devin Haney-Lomachenko fight? Yes, I did. Now, what were your thoughts about that? Because I saw a lot of people weighing in. On some people didn't feel like Devin Haney won as an expert, as a boxer yourself yeah. in that field. What did you think? Well, one shout out to both guys, mm-hmm. but Devin Haney won the fight to me. Right, he won more rounds. Now, this is what I will say, because he died down toward the end of the rounds. I will say that he won the fight, 
but he lost the war. Okay. And what's that meaning is he let Lomachenko mentally feel like he was still in the fight when he should have just, well, it's hard to blow him out in the dirt, but I feel like seven rounds to five for Devin. Um, Lomachenko had his rounds, but Devin was controlling him with the jab. He was keeping up with the angles. He was landing his shots. Mm-hmm. He didn't really get hurt by Lomachenko until I think round 10 or 11. And he may have even won the last round, right. uh, Devin Haney. So I feel that Devin won the fight. But when you start dying down, it looked like Lomachenko was getting ready to maybe yeah. um, TKO okay. Devin. And you seem like a little weakness because he got like a, a, a little fatigue. But we're not we used can't to seeing that, that in Devin Haney either. We're used, to, yeah, yeah. But he's never fought against a Lomachenko, right? So it's like okay, people are just making it seem like he just got beat up. And it was like, no, look at their faces after Lomachenko's face was really red all over, yeah. and Devin was still kind of fresh. But it was like it was a good fight. It was a close fight. But to me, Devin Haney won, and I was just really disappointed to see. All these celebrities mm-hmm. who you never hear speaking about boxing go on and talk about oh, Devin Haney again. lost. I'm never, I'm never supporting this sport again. Like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> go back and watch the fight without the commentary because the commentary also will persuade. Okay, people. Um, thoughts and that is so too. When I watch the fight at home. It's way different than if I actually go to the fight and watch. Yeah. When you're at the fight, you're like, okay, you see, I feel like you see a different fight on TV. 100%. And I I bet if you're at home and you cut the commentary off, you look at the fight different too. Mm -hmm. So during the fight, uh, it was a lot of just Lomachenko, Lomachenko, Lomachenko. And it it wasn't that many Devin Haney. Right. You know, but. Do you think some of that is also racism? Too, because people do talk about racism in boxing a lot. Well, you know what? It was Timothy Bradley and Andre Ward. Andre Ward was saying good things about Devin Haney, mm-hmm. but not Timothy Bradley. I don't think it's a race thing. I believe that race racism does exist in our sport, but not the way it exists in real life, okay. like outside the ring. I feel like color had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. I feel like every judge... And this is what we have to... Every judge had to fight for Devin Haney. Yep, yep. So, I don't know what all the ruckus is about. If if if, if, if every judge Every judge had, felt like that. Yeah. You think he's ready for Javante Davis now? Listen, when you're undisputed champ, you better get ready for everybody. <laughs> I believe that that'll be a really great fight. I think Javante Davis holds the punching power. I, I think there's only one fighter that can beat all of them. Mm-hmm. And that's Shakur Stevenson. Okay, that could be next too. Yeah, I think Shakur Stevenson. And, and listen, I love Devin Haney. I love Javante Davis. I just know Shakur Stevenson is like me. He's he's the male version of me. I love that. Like like, like this guy is just so dedicated to the gym. Believe in God. Hard worker. Take care of his family. Like. This dude will be he's he's a work he's a workaholic. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been I've been able to see him from when he was a, a baby to now and he's taken he asked me so many questions and when we're in the gym and we we used to train together, he asked me so many questions and just even just having real conversations about like how I am and he's taken a, a lot of that from me and he used it in his own life and he has definitely just got mentally stronger and definitely physically. So, I think Shakur is is it the the best one? 
All right. And speaking of things that you've been doing, MMA fighting, right? Yes. I first of all cannot believe that you did that. <laughs> but I respect that because a lot of people will be scared, especially at the height of your career. Yes. Undefeated, done things that nobody's ever done. And then to go and switch over and go to the MMA and win a fight. And then the next fight you didn't win, but you didn't necessarily. It was a split decision loss. It was close. Mm -hmm. One judge had it for me. One judge had it for her. And then the other judge had it for her by one point. So, what, Like when did you decide I'm going to do this? You know what? It was like right before Thanksgiving, two, two, three years ago. And I had just, right before I had my fight where I was 13 months off. And I didn't know if I would get my shot in boxing again. So it was just like, you know, MMA, I want to challenge myself. I want to fight against these girls because it was just too many girls saying that boxers are scared. And I'm like, I'm not scared of them, y'all. <laughs> and I wanted to prove that. So my first fight where I spent 10 minutes on, 10 minutes on the ground and then I got a third round knockout against the Brown Belt, a girl who had been who been doing MMA for 13 years. That was like my, that was probably like another big moment for me. Mm -hmm. You know where it was like, all right, I'm I'm proving again that when I put in the hard work, I train hard, that I can do whatever I want. The next fight, like I said, the girl I think she won by one takedown, maybe or or you know maybe she lost, but it wasn't like I've never got knocked out or armbarred or anything like that. Right. Um. But MMA is just. Is there there's more money in MMA, right? Like, uh, not not for me in boxing. Okay. No, I, I get paid more in boxing. Mm -hmm. But so it had nothing to do with finances. You just felt like let me just. I just wanted to prove myself. Mm -hmm. I think, and it was so much talk about me and Amanda Nunes fighting. So I'm like, I might as well start getting my experience in and actually get in there. But I would love to fight her in a boxing match. And uh, yeah, let's see. Because that's Amanda a Nunes in a boxing match for sure. <laughs> All right, well, uh, Clarissa Shields, I think we can look forward to seeing you hopefully in November. Yes, right for another fight. Mm -hmm. Al Heyman hopefully is watching this because you Heyman, are a free call agent, your girl, man. <laughs> call me. And new music. So what's gonna happen with the music? I know you have this new song. Yes, that you just it's did. Uh, "Rest of the Quote" round <laughs> one streaming on Apple Music and Spotify. Make sure you guys go listen to it. Are you gonna do more music or? Yeah, this actually is like my fourth song. Okay, but this is my best one. Okay, I feel it like it sounds I... good. Did you write it yourself? Yeah. Girl, Listen, I don't know. Somebody might have wrote the song, gave it to you. I don't know. It had took me about six to eight weeks to do that whole song. Because, <laughs> first of all, when you hear the beat, it's a hell of a beat. He's yeah. from Detroit. Shout out to my guy, Helleva. I love Helleva. Okay, Helleva just came through. Like, Every hey, legendary Detroit artist has a hell of a beat. Okay. For real. Like, mm -hmm. from T Grizzly to everybody. Sada Baby. Mm -hmm. Um, But... When he slid the beat, you know, I'm like, I'm listening to it, and I immediately just start just start writing. I'm like, <laughs> then I would stop, like, ah, ah. <laughs> so when I, I had been practicing for about two or three weeks, and then I got in the booth the week of my fight, I had my cousins, my friends. I had an entourage with me, and it just was like the best studio session I've ever had. It felt good. And when I got done, I'm like, I got to I gotta get this master. I got to drop this. <laughs> and so... I dropped it. Everybody love it. And they want me to do an EP. So mm -hmm. I think I'm going to do like a round one through round 10. That's dope. Yeah. What can you not do? I mean. um, You know, I, I can't twerk like a porn star, but. I feel like you'll make that happen at some point. <laughs> <laughs> if you put your mind to it, Clarissa Shields could do anything. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, <laughs> right now, you guys, I'm looking forward to being in some movies. I want to be in a swimsuit cover. Okay. You know. I um, can see it. I can see it. Puma, call me. 
All right, we're putting everything out in the atmosphere. Yeah, for I want to be a Puma athlete. I love their I love their outfits and their clothes. And cover girl, look. Easy breezy. Come on. And by the way, guys, she's single. <laughs> single, not ready to mingle, okay? <laughs> it's about to go crazy. All right, well, thank you so much for coming to see us. It is Clarissa Shields, the GWOAT, undefeated baby. It's Angela Yee, and I'm known for my love for travel. My friends in the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to the gorgeous islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. From the amazing food to the warm hospitality culture and gorgeous beaches, USVI has everything you want in a destination and no passport is needed when traveling from the U.S. Visit USVI.com to plan your next trip. I'm headed to Carnival in St. Thomas this May. I can't wait. Hope to see you there. USVI, naturally in rhythm. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.